<laughs> well, I've gotten people's name wrong. I've even renamed the church to Sojourn instead of Sojourn. <laughs> but I am excited. Uh, it's a great, great to be here today. I'm so grateful for our senior pastor, Pastor Chris and, and Pastor Terry, all the pastors, the team. Um, you know, I do have a confession to make, though I was in the lobby one Sunday and a lady came out there and she said, oh my goodness, every time I hear you preach, she said, you know, you just fill my heart with the word of the Lord. And she started crying and asking for prayer. And I just thought she had maybe heard me preach elsewhere at another church or somewhere else. And she knew me from there. But then she says, so, Pastor Chris, can you pray for me? <laughs> and I was getting ready to say, oh, I'm not bad. She said, just please pray for me. I'm good. I said, I'm not. She said, please right now. Send. So I just prayed for her as I was you. So if anybody comes up to you, Pastor, and say, thank you for praying for me, just go with the flow. <laughs> All right, turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1 uh, from verse 15. Starting at verse 15, we're going to go through 18 today. I'm so excited about this word that I know God is going to bless somebody in this room through. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for everybody in this room today. No one is here in vain. Everybody is here for a divine reason and a divine purpose. Speak to the minds and hearts of your people. I sit myself down so that you may let them hear your word. We love you so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was at a birthday party. I was about 10, maybe 12 years old. And um, I had eaten some hot dogs, some hamburgers, and my stardex started to mess with me a little bit. And so I went in the house to use the bathroom, but um, at this party were my friends, family, and even a girl that I had a big crush on. And so I didn't want to use the downstairs bathroom because I had to do number two, so I went to the upstairs bathroom. <laughs> The problem is the upstairs bathroom, I had forgotten because I was so excited at this birthday party that the bathroom lock did not work. If you locked it, you were stuck in the bathroom. So I go inside the restroom. I'm excited. I lock the door, finish, go to open the door. I'm stuck. I stayed in this bathroom for almost 50 total minutes. That's not the best part of the story. The best part of it is this was my birthday party. <laughs> So I'm in the bathroom and uh, I'm trying to get, I'm screaming, somebody. You know, my friends were out there in the bounce house jumping around. My mother, she was entertaining the guests. My father, he was barbecuing on the grill. And the cute girl, I'm sure, started talking to my best friend and they ended up a couple. So anyway, all while I'm in the bathroom because I had to do the number two. I do have a best friend here. This is not the best friend uh, from that party, but he came today to see my daughter in the Christmas program. I forgot to tell him that that second service. So I'm glad you anyway. He got stuck with me. <laughs> anyway, I'm in this bathroom and um, I'm in there for 50 minutes. It's my birthday party, but ain't nobody looking for me. I can only imagine during this season how I felt in that bathroom 
is how Jesus feels a lot of times with a whole lot of families and individuals during this time when we celebrate his, his birth. So many times we hear um, Christmas time coming around and all the presents we get, the eggnog, but not a whole lot of people talking about Jesus. One time a young man came up to me, he said, hey, pastor, sir, I don't understand why you Christians emphasize so much on this Jesus guy. Why not just say God? Why does it always have to be about Jesus? I said, well, can I read something for you? He said, oh, what, that he died for you and he's your savior? I said, actually, I want to read something else. Because I believe Jesus is underrated. So I took him to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, which says, The Son, if you can put that on the screen, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things were created through him, heaven, on, in heaven and on earth, invisible, the visible. Whether thrones or rulers or powers or authorities, those are angels. Everything was created through Christ, for Christ. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. I said, so, yeah, that we, we give so much hype. We get hype about Jesus because he's not only savior, but he's creator. I said, uh, look at right there. What are you standing on right there? He said, the ground. I said, Jesus did that. I said, look, look, look. Look in the sky. I said, what is that? He said, a bird. Jesus did that. The same breath that was breathed into Adam. Jesus did that. The same, the Lord that was walking in the cool of the, in the, of the day in the garden, that was Jesus. How woman was made, man was made. The hands of Jesus, he's not only Savior, but he's also creator. We underrate Jesus. We don't appreciate Jesus the way we should. We don't. Um, I was thinking of a few people in the Bible that didn't appreciate Jesus during the season of his birth. Looked at the innkeeper. The innkeeper. Can you imagine when Mary and Joseph showed up at his door looking for a place to birth the one that created everything? Can you imagine if he had, if he had responded to what I'm sure he probably knew because everybody in that day knew what was going on. There was a census and, and Herod and all of that. I'm sure he would have emptied the entire house for the creator. He would have emptied the every room for the one that created all things. But instead, he put them in a stable where animals were. He said there was no room. Um, I just want to challenge you guys this year. Leave some room for Jesus. I know your, your house and your home is going to be filled with presents, probably on Christmas, with people. But don't be like a family 
that I went and visited a couple Christmases ago. I walked in and we ate. I mean, we had a good time. We played Dance Dance Revolution and eggnog and hot chocolate, presents, go-karts, you name it. We didn't talk about Jesus one time. Reminded me when I was stuck in the bathroom for 50 minutes. We didn't even talk about the main reason why we're gathering. One day I was driving, my daughter, she was in the back seat. She said, Daddy, I'm so excited because Christmas is right around the corner. And as a pastor, that's great when your kids start talking about Jesus and Christmas. I said, baby, why are you so excited about Christmas? She said, because I know this year you're going to give me a baby bottle pop. I don't know what it is, but if you don't know what a baby bottle anyway, she loves baby bottle pops. I grew furious. I was like, wait, what? I pulled the car over. I looked in the back seat. And I said, baby, this season is not about baby bottle pops. It's about Jesus. The one who came down from heaven, put on flesh, and lived like a human for you and for me. He died and rose so that we can live forever in eternity. That's what this season is all about. She looked at me. And she said, can we go get some chicken nuggets at McDonald's? <laughs> I said, whatever, and just kept on driving. <laughs> I think that if you were having a one-on-one conversation with Jesus, I don't know how pleased he would be how we really celebrate what he did for us many, many years ago. I want to I read another, about another group of people who did not respond to the creator of the universe, our Savior, like they should have. Found in Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. Matthew chapter 2. says that when Herod heard about the coming Messiah, he was disturbed. He called the chief priests and the teachers of the law. Watch this right here. He called them and said, where is this Messiah going to be born? They said, Bethlehem. You're talking about the pastors, the elders, the, the ministers, the, the leaders in the church. We know where he's going to be born. The prophet said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. You would think as a pastor, a teacher, a minister, a leader, you would think they would be in Bethlehem camped out, waiting for this great event. They didn't go visit him at all. Nowhere to be found. One person asked me one time, I told them this, about the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They said, well, well maybe they were busy. Maybe they didn't have time to go visit baby Jesus. Maybe it wasn't, you know, a priority. And I said, that's the problem. Yeah. They said, well, well, pastor, if they're so dedicated, if they teach often, obviously they love Jesus. They just didn't think it was important to go. I said, no, let me explain how this works. How can pastors and teachers and 
of the law, how can they miss the importance of the birth of the creator? I said, it's probably because, well, even what we see today. I can name about a good five pastors that I know. They come to church every Sunday. They preach, teach wholeheartedly. But they're not living it out. And you would ask, so why are they so passionate about it? Here's why. They were getting paid for it. Their status increased because of who they were. So as a chief priest, as a teacher of the law, you walk down the street, you walk down the street, people respected you. You got paid for what you were doing. They were using what they knew about Jesus for personal gain. They didn't truly believe. We see that today, even with leaders in the church. Not this church, though. This church, they... (laughs) Not this church. This church right here. They, we love Jesus here, okay? <laughs> we love some Jesus. Y'all should put your hands together for our leaders here because we love Jesus. <laughs> if all else fails, we're still going to worship the Lord. Amen? Amen? So it's not uncommon that these preachers, pastors, and teachers of the law didn't even go see the birth of the creator of universe. They were just like Judas who walked with Jesus, one of the disciples. But as soon as Jesus said, I'm going to die, Judas said, wait a minute. The only reason why I'm with you is because you're my bank account. People respect me as I walk among you. If you're going to die, I got to survive some kind of way, so let me betray you. I pray that this year, You celebrate during this season not because of what you can gain, not because of what you can get, the presents and the cars, the toys, the clothes. I pray that this season you bring it back to the true reason. I think Pastor Pastor Kevin said when he came up here, he is the reason for this season. I pray the celebrations that goes on in your homes and your houses, I pray that the true reason For those celebrations, the joy that will fill your homes and the hearts is because of Jesus, not the new car, not the new shoes, not the new clothes, but Jesus. If you ask me, well, Pastor Vernon, is there anybody in the Bible that you would would say we should have the mind like during this season? I would say yes. How about the wise men? You're probably like, huh? Let's read this really quick. Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. It says this. And the star they, the magi, the wise men, had seen, it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Remember, lots of people knew about this prophecy. Lots of people knew that that the Messiah was coming. They knew what the prophecy said. It says here, on coming to the house, they saw the child 
with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. A couple things I want to point out. I know most people when growing up you heard that as Jesus was the baby infant the wise men, the three wise men came and brought the gifts to Jesus as an infant. But we don't read that Jesus was an infant here. We read when they come to the house. Well, first of all, Jesus was born in a stable. So how are they at a house? Jesus was an infant, but this here says he was a young boy, a child. It took time for the wise men to reach Jesus because their journey, unlike the pastors and the teachers of the law who were in Jerusalem, quick journey, but their journey was longer. Some, we don't know how long it took them, could have been days, months, years, but they made it a journey. They made it their top priority to meet Jesus. No matter how long it took, they wanted to be where Jesus was. That speaks to me. Because why in the world do we celebrate the coming of the creator of the universe one day? Oh, it's Christmas Day is coming upon us. No. These wise men, they said, wait a minute now. It's happening? They made it a journey. I read something not too long ago said they probably traveled over 800 to 900 miles to meet Jesus. Regardless if he was an infant or not, they said, oh, we're going to make this a journey. And that's how everyone should be in their heart when it comes to Jesus. It shouldn't just be a, a day-long thing, not even a month-long thing. I will say, though, this is the first church that I've been to that takes the whole month of December preaching about the birth of Jesus. That's why I told you, we're different here, we're different. This is good. <laughs> Most of the time we have a Christmas sermon on Christmas Day. But as I was sitting amongst the pastors, they said, let's make this, let's preach, let's make a series out of it. These wise men, they said, ha, we don't care what's going on for the rest of the year. We're going to travel and meet the creator of the... They had said to themselves, we're not going to minimize what's happening during this season. We're going to make it a big deal. We're going to make it a big deal. Um, I heard something when I was younger that I was able to share with um, two teenagers one time. Uh, I've been a youth, young adult pastor now for almost 13 years. Millennials and Gen Z, they different. They're different. Two Individuals came up to me one time after service, and they said, Pastor Vernon, we know that Jesus is knocking on the door of our heart for us to receive him into our life, but we don't, we're not ready yet. I said, what do you mean by that? They said, well, 
we're still sinning and we have some addictions. So there is no way we can accept Christ right now because he will be so disappointed in us. What do you have to say about that? And I said, well, I don't think you see what I see when it comes to Jesus. Let's look at John 3.16 really quick, and I'm closing. This is it. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. If this was another sermon, I would show you in the Bible where Jesus is also called God as well. Right? Jesus is God. Right? But for God so loved the world. God the Father that he gave his one and only son. Follow me here, don't lose me. For God so loved the world that he gave. If you came to youth uh, group a couple weeks ago, we talked about what love meant. You know, they like talking about that stuff like that, you know, relationships and love. I asked them, what is love? And someone said, it's how you feel. And I said, well, people falling out of love every day because feelings change. And I told them love is something that you do. For God so loved the world that he did something. What did he do? Sent his only son. Where did he send his only son? To the world that was filthy, full of sin, worshiping other gods. And he sent his most precious, his son, to the world. And not only that. Not only did Jesus come to a filthy world when he was born, he was born in a filthy place. He didn't come in chariots with angels around him, grapes hanging. No, he was born where animals lived and laid where they ate the manger. Animal saliva. The Messiah, creator and savior, land wrapped in animal saliva. So I told these two teenagers, why in the world do you think you have to be perfect for him to enter your life? If he could come to a filthy world, born in a filthy place, laid in a filthy place, you ain't got to be perfect for you to respond to him. You ain't got to be perfect for you to. If you feel that Jesus is pulling you, don't be doing this. Do this and welcome him. Because watch this. Without Jesus, you will stay addicted. Without Jesus, you'll keep on doing the things you know does not please God. But when you receive him into your life, regardless of how you feel about yourself, the lifestyle you're living, receive him. And that's where the miracle takes place. Amen.